Hey everybody, welcome to TIW Podcast. I'm Eric, and today I watched WWE Monday Night Raw episode 1400, or 1400, depending on how you want to say it. It is broadcast on March 23rd, 2020. I just finished watching it about 15 minutes ago, and um, I thought it was pretty good, pretty good, uh, considering the circumstances, uh, and also considering how many... Uh, uh, past matches were shown on this episode um so r- this is going to be a pretty quick one because about an hour of it or so was those past matches uh, but i do have a, a little bit to say about those two matches um there's a couple of really great original matches a couple of great promos and um yeah i'm getting pretty excited i've been pretty excited for a lot of what's happening going to be happening at wrestlemania next weekend um there's only one more episode of Raw before then. Uh, this episode, unfortunately, they mentioned it once that this is episode 1,400. They that that was it. I thought this would have been a really great opportunity to to actually open the archives even more and do a a, a Raw retrospective or a retrospective. That doesn't work. A retrospective, but. We did get a little bit of that, even though it was a pay-per-view. We had a Royal Rumble uh, 2015 match. Uh, Not the Royal Rumble match, but a triple threat for the WWE Championship between Seth Rollins, John Cena, and Brock Lesnar. I had not seen this match before, so I had a lot of fun seeing this for the first time. Um, Even though I knew who was going to win, it was still pretty exciting. And it it was a pretty long match. I I, I think it was like across four segments of, of this episode. So a solid 40, 45 minutes of this. Um, and then later on in the show, we had Charlotte Flair versus Asuka from WrestleMania 34, uh, which was my first WrestleMania attending. And I'm still mad about the outcome of this match um, because Asuka's streak, her 194-day streak or however long it was, ended that night. And I was really excited to see Asuka win the SmackDown Women's Championship but that didn't happen. But even though I'm, I'm still mad at the results of the match, the, the match itself, like that aside, this match is really good. I would say it's probably, if not the best, it's definitely one of the best Charlotte Flair matches um, th- that I've ever seen for cert for, for certain. Um, Oh, what just happened? I feel like the lights got darker. I don't know. Um, maybe I blinked and didn't realize. It. Anyway, I'll have to look back at the uh, footage and see what happened just then. But um, So those were the two matches that they replayed. Uh, there's a lot of archival footage that were played on top of like uh, uh, promos and stuff. That worked pretty well, I thought, uh, particularly at the beginning of the show and the end of the show. Uh, we got a lot of that. Uh, we opened up the show with Paul Main- Paul Ma- Paul Heyman uh, talking about uh, Brock's all of Brock's victims. And then we have Drew talking about, well, that's true. But then Brock Lesnar ran into me. And so then we cut to Brock and Paul in the ring and um, basically saying this, they're they're that Brock's gonna gonna win. 
that's all I, I didn't write anything down about that. I, I, maybe there's more, something more memorable that, than that, that happened. But, um, it was, Oh, that's right. He said in this, at least uncertain times, I'm bringing you some certainty. And that is that Brock Lesnar will win. So I thought that was a kind of a cool way to tie into uh, current events a little bit without being specific about current events. Um, so, cause we don't, we don't need to get certain. We don't need to get specific about stuff when watching, uh, big sweaty people, uh, throwing each other around. Um, then we had, uh, okay. So that, that, that was the, the Royal rumble match replay was after that. Then we had AJ talking about maternity pants and he referenced the, uh, the tiger video, uh, from the undertaker after also comparing him to the tiger guy i don't remember his name there's a new netflix documentary by the people who made fire that i don't know that i people are watching it so it's current i guess it's a current reference um i have not watched it yet i guess i i I probably will at some point soon um he says that he's gonna bring back the dead man in a match that he's made for in a boneyard match I, that's I guess that's different from a graveyard. That it's it, maybe it's where an, animal carcasses are. Is that a boneyard? Actually, I'm gonna look up. I knew that I was gonna. I said that this was gonna be a short episode, but I gotta gotta look up what is a boneyard. Oop, boneyard Saloon Park City. No, no, that's not what I want. I wanted to go to the beginning. What is a boneyard? Um, let's see. Going from Merriam-Webster.com, uh, uh, cemetery, a place where worn out or damaged objects such as cars are collected to await disposal. Um, I, I, I'm assuming it's going to be a graveyard more so than a junkyard. Cause if it was, if it was that type of boneyard, then they would call it a junkyard match, which doesn't fit with, bringing back the dead man but anyway that's a great setup uh nice and simple i mean they don't even have to be face and face to set that up uh because he did it just like that just saying i'm challenging you to that type of match um i mean they already signed the contract though so i don't know if they can amend that very easily without having a whole other contract signing i guess we'll find out <laughs> no they're not gonna have that'd be weird um then we had, uh, okay, a, a couple of WrestleMania matches were announced today. Uh, the Street Profits would defend their ta- Raw Tag Team ch- titles against Angel Garza and Andrade, which should be awesome. Um, and then we, we also have Bobby Lashley, Lashley versus Aleister Black, uh, which should be really good. I mean, it's going to be quick. Aleister Black's going to just, he's, he's going to kick him right in the face. That's what he does. It's going to be quick. And haven't. Didn't we see Aleister Black take down Bobby Lashley really quickly recently? I don't know. Um, it might. Oh, he he's taken down so many people. Maybe I'm for some reason mixing up Rowan with Lashley. Uh, two syllables. They both have two syllable names, and they both have a weird pet spider in a cage. <laughs> Lana is not a is. Is not a pet spider, 
and she's not in a cage. If if anything, Bobby would be the one in the cage there with that whole story. Anyway, oh okay, wait, onwards. We have um, <laughs> a, an interview with Zelina with Andrade and Angel, and uh, Charlie is condu- conducts all the interviews in this episode. But uh, Zelina tells Charlie that uh, you're not looking pretty. You're just looking so. Um, and I hadn't heard that. Maybe I have heard that before, but I thought that was. It, it fit Zelina's character really well, I thought, to say that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, Angel's really laying on thick with Charlie's. Oh, we're both men who get what we want. And then they leave, and then he comes back and just like gives her a wink. Ah, uh, it's funny. But um, we had Andrade and Angel versus uh, the, the, the team of Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. This match is pretty great um go check it out although the the ending is kind of weird um i mostly missed what was going on i thought that my my uh my my sling feed had like skipped or there was like an audio delay or something because the the three count at the end so andrade hits cedric with uh that spinning back elbow which is so awesome and on the replay you see the the, the tendril of spit that flings out of Cedric's mouth, which is like the most impressive thing I've seen on in wrestling lately is that just perfect arc of slobber being knocked out of it's the the definition of slobber knocker, but, um, uh, yeah, Cedric, he, he, the, the referee like delayed after the second, after the two, and then, he went ahead and hit the three and then Cedric like kicked out at that point. I, it was very weird and I'm interested to know what exactly happened there. And I hope that, um, Cedric is okay. Cause a, a lot of people were saying it seemed like he was knocked out momentarily and that kind of thing, which is, that's never good to lose consciousness that, uh, it's, I don't think there's a way to lose consciousness without, well, other than go, actually going to sleep like in bed for the night. I don't think there's a way to to lose consciousness without doing damage to your brain. Like, uh, uh, yeah. So hopefully he's doing okay. Um, also, Street Profits were on commentary for this match. Um, although it may have just been my speakers. Um, I found it kind of difficult to hear um, uh, Montez. On, on commentary uh just the, the his uh the, the register of his voice and a combination of the register of his voice and the volume of the mixing i found it pretty difficult to hear what he was saying but they were still uh i i wasn't completely unable to hear him but it was still uh, very entertaining um and then we had a replay of uh, stone cold steve austin's appearance last week and byron byron was very upset that they're showing that again um then we had shane uh, Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. Um, I've never seen Bre- Brendan Vink before, um, at least not on WWE. Um, they took on the Street Profits. So we got another preview of the tag teams that will be in action um, at WrestleMania. And uh, Street Profits won that match. Uh, of, of course they did. But there's some really impressive things. Like, oh, man, uh, Dawkins, he just friggin' flipped... Shane Thorne, like, Shane Thorne w- was, like, 
in the air. He was like hovering in the air, being flipped around without making any contact with anything other than that initial hit. And it was like, I, it, I, you know, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. I was just, I was just shocked at the, uh, the, the apparent lack of gravity that occurred in that local region of space. But yeah, that was the, they, they, they of course did their, their usual finish with the finish with the big frog splash, which is the, probably the best looking frog splash in all of WWE. Um, or, uh, yeah, yeah. Other than the, the final hour. No, is it? It's not the final hour. It's the, maybe it is the final hour. Whatever, Leo Rush's frog splash is amazing. Um, I forget what it's called. I'm thinking midnight. I think midnight hour is the new days, um, whatever that move is. And then Leo Rush's frog splash is called the final hour. I, I think I remember speaking of Leo Rush um, shortly after this, we had Alistair Black versus a poor fellow named Leon Ruff. And I I feel like that name is so similar to Leo Rush. It has to be a name parody of some kind. Like I, I don't know why else would you why why else would you choose that name for for this this poor guy who just gets kicked right in the face by Alistair Black because that's what he always does to everybody. Like just just don't get kicked in the face. I don't know how you avoid that necessarily, but my, my advice if you're facing Alistair Black is don't get kicked in the face. And then you might be, you might do okay. The rest of what he does will probably end you also, but definitely you'll definitely be done if you get kicked in the face. So don't get kicked in the face. I mean, this goes for like most occasions, not when just in a wrestling match against Alistair Black, but don't get kicked in the face. Anyway. Uh, we had a, an interview with Charlie again, but this was in the ring and she interviews Shayna Baszler and Shayna has just given this, this mean look to her the entire time. She's like not answering questions and she's, I think she's probably having fun with how nervous it was making Charlie. Cause she finally asks why so nervous Charlie. And, uh, so she talks about how, uh, she ends up asking her own questions to herself and just and she's ends up saying, uh, "I want the championship because winning the championship from Becky will destroy Becky, and that'll help me just destroy everything. That like all I want to do is destroy." So um, as she was continuing that thought, just like a, a shot out of the dark, it was kind of surprising. Like it, it took me by surprise, and that was pretty cool. And it uh, the lights come back up because the entire. Uh, performance center other than the ring was was blacked out so you can't see anything that was behind her they could like barely even see the ropes but smack she's laid out on the floor it was becky she attacked her with a chair kind of a cowardly move i thought to attack uh her opponent when her back is turned with the lights around she's like there there's nothing noble about that attack i don't think but I guess it, it's it's proper payback of some kind. 
uh, since uh, the the bite to the back of the neck was also pretty fairly out of nowhere, but also all the lights were on, so it wasn't. I didn't. I felt like it wasn't as sneaky to do that, although maybe it was. It was still it. It was still rude, but not as sneaky as being in the dark. Um. Then we had uh, Kevin Owens come out. He talked a little bit before Seth Rollins came out. Um, and I really like their match graphic because we're getting Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. I like that he has the prayer hands in the match graphic. Seth Rollins does, of course. But with the black glove and now I'm a little bit disappointed that the emojis don't. There isn't a, a single black glove emoji. Like one, one ungloved hand and one gloved hand. That would be perfect. But... I'll, I'll I'll have to just Photoshop that and then uh, send it as images to people, I guess. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, this is a really great promo by Seth. Um, he he says that there's no NXT without him, and and there's especially no Kevin Owens without him. And then he goes goes through all of his WrestleMania moments, and that uh, he says that Kevin Owens couldn't beat him on his worst day. And that WrestleMania is never his worst day. And that under pressure, he becomes a god. And that was, that was like the coolest part of a promo. Like, all, like, that's my favorite line from all year. And that's why I named this episode, I Become a God. Because of that line, it was pretty awesome. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to the mat, that match. There's still time for it to add some type of stipulation. Uh, maybe they'll fight in the church that's next to the boneyard and those matches will like be happening at the same time and that they like interrupt each other. Um, that could be fun, but also silly. And when uh, would, I mean, it would, it would make both of the matches a lot sillier, which they don't need to be nearly that silly, but I wouldn't mind if it was that, if it was that silly. Um, up next, we had a re- the replay of WrestleMania 34, Charlotte versus Asuka. Um, and it, right after it, Charlotte was interviewed by Charlie. Yet again, uh, Charlie and Charlie. There. Um, uh, she said she was, it, was, it was inspiring to relive that, uh, that match by watching it. And that uh, Rhea should be worried or whatever if she was the one who's watching it. And then we had a promo at the end by Randy Orton, kind of saying the same sort of things that he has been, um, that he did all this to, to, to save Edge, to send him back home to his children. Um, and then he says he, he apologizes that he lied to Beth a couple of weeks ago, that uh, he, he had said that Edge was a junkie for the crowd, for the fame, for the, the, that, that rush. But really, he's a junkie for his own ego. Um, then Randy says grits. I think we have different definitions of grit because to me, uh, grit means longevity. And, uh, so at the end, uh, at the end, he says that he's going to write the last chapter to, uh, to edges book. And he accepts his challenge for a last man standing match. So that should be a really good match. Uh, That'll certainly take them all over the facility maybe outdoors maybe uh they'll, they'll end up in a car um i think this would be th- this match would ju- just be excellent it was like the uh, uh peter griffin versus the chicken 
Um, just it goes, they're they're like on top of a train. Uh, they end up like uh, in you know in a completely other other state, and then they uh, get on a boat and they're fighting on the boat, and then they end up in another country, and then uh, at the end they both uh, collapse because they've traveled too much and they've been exposed to too many people and they've both fallen ill, and uh, but luckily they, they they both get better with. <laughs> This is dumb. Um, I don't want anybody to get sick. Stay safe out there. Don't get sick. Um, stay at home as much as you can. And if you do go out, stay at least six feet away from people sneezing around. All that stuff. Wash your hands. Um, so anyway, yeah, my favorite part was I become a god. Is real like super villain stuff. And even better because he's the Monday Night Messiah. He's like, oh, he doesn't just have a Messiah comp. Well, what is is Messiah isn't necessary. Well, I don't know. Um, I mean, the Messiah complex, wherever that is specifically, but also God complex. Now that WrestleMania is upon us, so uh, yeah, that was really good. That was definitely my favorite part of this episode. Uh, so that does it. Uh, that's all my notes. Um, I'm looking forward to see what happens uh, in the next episode and this, the rest of this week with uh, NXT and SmackDown um, since uh, it's it's been reported that they're recording everything this week um, ahead of time so that they uh, can get it all, all done in case things get things change um, after this week or even during it could still change this during this week. But um, yeah, they're uh, they're. It seems like they're they're working as much as they can um, to keep the show going, but also, you know, keep it. It's like a. It seems like a, some sort of balance. Oh, also, I didn't want to mention. Um, so a lot of people certainly will be talking about, and me being one of them now, um, how the camera was set across from the entrance and aimed at the, the at, at the ramp as opposed to uh their the setup that they had the last week um starting with the performance center uh fan appreciation night for NXT and um a lot of people have had been saying after AEW last week um Dynamite they're saying well WWE should I know it's not the same people necessarily saying things but it's like a lot of people say one thing and then the, those people suggestion not that their suggestion was made was taken but the, the thing the idea from that suggestion was to to do something anyway a lot of people were saying oh this is a good thing that AEW did because it uh took the focus off there being empty seats and then it, wwe does it this week and then a lot of people are, oh, it's kind of fishy that they did that after AEW did it, huh? And that might be true. It it, it could be true that they thought, oh, that does look better and let's do it like that. But I think more likely is that last week they were just going with the same setup that they had, which which they were because they still had like the, the perch from NXT uh, for SmackDown and the following Raw as well, I think. But um, what I think, my theory is, 
is that they um, weren't planning to do do it like they did last week for the rest of these tapings. If they had to do tapings, um, it's just how they had it set it up set up already, and it was unsure of how things were going to go until later in last week. And, um, you know, as far as we know, they might have, might have filmed all of last week's stuff, like all at once too. Um, it just wasn't reported on or anything like that. Um, so they, they could have gotten all, all those knocked out while they were still set up in that way. Um, and we just don't, don't never heard about that. So that could also be another thing. Um, but, uh, the, the original purpose for that setup was because they did have an audience in there for NXT. And then just two, two nights later, last note, last minute they had to stay in there. So they just used the same st- setup. Um, and then, uh, the, the following week, probably the same sort of thing. And then finally they had time between, uh, this last SmackDown and now to, to alter it to switch it up uh, to get things in place for what they were going to do for this entire week of stuff, two weeks of stuff um, since they're not going to be tearing it down, putting it back up and all that kind of thing. Like it sounded like they were going to do. So that's my defense of it. It's just a theory. I don't, that, that's not going off of like talking to anybody on the crew or anything like that, but that that's what it seems like to me that why they, why they didn't change it last week, but did change it this week. Um, because if they were going to change it in reaction to dynamite, they would have, they would have done that last Friday. Uh, I think it's more of a logistical thing of, uh, you know, go with what we have right now. And then over the weekend, we can uh, rework everything. So anyway, all right, that's it. So let me know what you thought about this episode by tweeting me at TIW podcast. Go to TIWpodcast.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends. Subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you like to listen. Stay safe, healthy, and happy out there in all the infinite multiverses. And I'll see you next time here on TIW Podcast. Bye.